0: Yo, what's going on? You know who it is. It's your boy, Fat Nice. Mr. Sonny James from the Ill Vibe Crew. Yeah, and you are now in tune to... DJ Little Dave. Excellent reception. Reception. Yeah, yo. Yeah, you can't go wrong. But don't forget, check us out every Monday night... For Across the Tracks. 8 o'clock p.m. On Blazing267.com. Yeah, get you some. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. This is the Excellent Reception Podcast. Yeah! Let's go! Hello, I'm your host, Little Dave, and welcome to another episode of Excellent Reception, the podcast where we talk about timeless music and why it's so amazing. Before we get started, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else podcasts are available. Please take the time to leave a review These help push up our rankings in the podcast charts so more people can discover Excellent Reception. Also, check out our website, www.excellentreception.com, as well as our site on Medium for articles about the artists and songs we have been featuring on the podcast. So, sit back, relax, and let's get started.
1: This is the Excellent Reception podcast. Now we play a song.
0: So... If you want to get with the groove, just go on and stretch out and let your feet stamp and whatever you want, just feel it. If we feel it. <laughs> Here we go. It's hard to pinpoint when jazz was born. We know that the roots of jazz are in New Orleans the only place in the early United States where African slaves were still allowed to own drums and practice the rituals of their motherland. These voodoo rituals were upbeat affairs full of dancing and singing that made those participating feel joyous and free despite the harsh realities of their daily life. As black musicians raised amongst these traditions began to take on other instruments, the way that they would play reflected the syncopation, swing, and overall energy of the African rhythms of their upbringing. Many accounts say that jazz as we know it began in 1895 and was first played by cornetist Buddy Bolden and the band he led. But he was a key figure in developing New Orleans ragtime music, otherwise known as jazz. J-A-S-S. In 1915, Nick LaRocca and his original Dixieland jazz band recorded the very first jazz record, Livery Stable Blues. <laughs> While we can point to these moments in time, the actual creation of jazz as we know it can't be linked to a specific day. It happened over a long period of time. Throughout the early 20th century, jazz evolved and matured into the classical music of black America, thanks to the help of greats like Ornette Coleman, Duke Ellington, Oscar Peterson, and countless other legendary musicians. Jazz's evolution continued on rapidly. It took on more forms, such as bebop, hard bop, modal jazz, free jazz, Afro-Cuban jazz, cool jazz, and more. The art form evolved so much that in 1959, jazz was declared by many to be dead. No, it didn't actually die, but it reached a point where nothing else could be done with it. If it was pushed any further, the end result either wouldn't be jazz or it would be a poor parody of what jazz is. The body of jazz died, and the spirit of jazz lived on. As we moved into the 1960s, jazz musicians like Miles Davis, Herbie Hancock, and many more can now be heard exploring worlds outside of traditional jazz. Over the last few decades, jazz faded into the background while other forms of popular music took their place in the limelight. This doesn't mean it was any less relevant, or its presence was any less felt. New generations of musicians, raised on hip-hop, funk, R&B, and electronic music, but educated on the finer points of jazz musicianship, have been building up their skill set and preparing to take their place on the throne. The floodgates have opened, some of these musicians, like heavyweight vocalist Gregory Porter, are breathing new life into the traditional sounds of jazz.
2: 1960
0: what? 1960 who? 1960 what? 1960 who? 19... 19- hey! Others, like pianist Robert Glasper, are experimenting by fusing jazz with modern sounds that didn't exist in the early days. On this episode of Excellent Reception, we are going to explore the new wave of jazz music that has reinvigorated the art form and drawn in a new breed of young jazz enthusiasts. On today's episode of Excellent Reception, we are talking about Kamashi Washington, Theo Croker, Esperanza Spaulding, Cecile McLaurin-Savant, and Joseph Lienbergh
1: excellent reception
0: a few years ago a group of young Los Angeles musicians held themselves up in a recording studio for a month this group was a collective of people who have been trained in music for their whole lives and have each made a living playing in bands for major artists like Snoop Dogg, Raphael Sadiq, and Kendrick Lamar, as well as legends like Wayne Shorter and Herbie Hancock. These recording sessions were finally a chance for them to make some music of their own and make use of their deep knowledge of jazz theory and technique. They ended up recording enough music for each musician to have their own project. The first of these projects is The Epic a three-hour jazz odyssey led by saxophonist Kamashi Washington. Thanks to Kamashi's connection to L.A.'s burgeoning music scene, this project became one of the most buzzworthy albums of 2015. He successfully attracted a whole new audience of young music lovers, all while presenting an album that would satisfy jazz purist. One of my favorite songs from the epic Is The Rhythm Changes, which features lyrics and vocals from Patrice Quinn. This 13 minute musical experience starts off minimal and gradually builds into a monstrous arrangement with a full choir singing pride filled lyrics. Here you go, Kamashi Washington, The Rhythm Changes.
3: second of all, and and this is a very important reason to dig the people the people in jazz nightclubs are the funniest
0: trumpeter, composer and arranger Theo Croker started playing at the age of 11 after being inspired by seeing a performance from his grandfather, Doc Shelton a jazz great who played with Cab Calloway Benny Goodman and Dizzy Gillespie Theo trained throughout his youth and went on to Urberlin Conservatory, where he studied under Gary Bartz, Marcus Belgrave, and Donald Byrd. After finishing school, he took up residence in Shanghai, China, for seven years to further expand his horizons as a musician. All that he learned over these years can be experienced on the three albums he has recorded. During his time in China, he met legendary jazz vocalists. Dee, Dee Bridgewater, who went on to sign Theo to her record label, DDB Records. Together, they crafted Theo's third album, Afrophysicist, in which Dee, Dee lent her talents as a producer and vocalist on multiple tracks. The album also featured contributions from Stefan Harris, Roy Hargrove, and Kareem Riggins. One of the standout songs on Afrophysicist is I Can't Help It, which is a cover of the classic Michael Jackson song from his 1979 Off the Wall album. Theo and Dee Dee flipped the original Stevie Wonder-produced arrangements into a big band Latin jazz piece. The music twists and winds around like a snake, while Dee Dee's elastic vocals ride the rhythm with expert precision and the horn section Plays off of each verse. Here is Theo Croker, I Can't Help It, featuring Dee Dee Bridgewater.
2: This is
0: the Excellent Reception Podcast. Esperanza Spaulding was ready to show us another side of herself. She had more than proven her talent and her status as a jazz musician. Since the age of five, she's been musically proficient, starting as a violinist and then moving on to guitar oboe clarinet and finally settling on the double bass she recorded four amazing albums of sophisticated jazz majestic chamber music and cool brazilian standards she even made history as the first jazz musician to win best new artist at the grammys in 2011 beating out justin bieber now she wanted to give us something we didn't expect for her fifth solo album Esperanza dug deep into herself to find another part of her personality. She found a character in her dreams who she named Emily, which is Esperanza's middle name. Emily was to Esperanza what Sasha Fierce was to Beyoncé or what Ziggy Stardust was to David Bowie. Speaking through this character... She was now able to express herself more theatrically in her performances and take her music into a more avant-garde direction. On this new album, Emily's De-Evolution, Esperanza put together a project that took all of her formal jazz training and fused it with sounds that would be more familiar to prog rock or artsy pop. The result is an album of songs that fits comfortably along with music from alt-pop artists like Tune Yards or funk rock legends like Prince. Yet, it maintains many of the sensibilities that could be found in classic jazz standards. Here is an amazing track from the Emily's De-Evolution album called Judas. <laughs>
2: Yes, Papa broke down This is the Excellent Reception
1: Podcast.
0: Vocalist Cecile McLaurin-Savant has a special talent for absorbing the defining features of her favorite singers and adding those subtile nuances to her own signature style. She originally spent time training to sing classical and Baroque music in France, but became obsessed with Sarah Vaughan and made the transition to jazz. After molding her voice to perfectly capture the deep sonic resonance of Sarah Vaughan's heavy vibrato, Cecile moved on to educating herself on the techniques of other great singers, such as Billie Holiday. Cecile's music explores the past without coming across as cliché. This is heard best on her Grammy-nominated second album, Woman Child. In addition to original material, this album is full of remakes of older songs. She avoids covering the obvious standards and instead unearths little known jazz songs from the turn of the century. Many of the songs she chose have lyrics and subject matter that would be considered taboo by today's standards. For example, she covers Nobody by Burt Williams was a famous black vaudeville era entertainer who had to perform in blackface another song is wives and lovers which savant a devout feminist decided to take on despite its sexist themes on her daring cover version of you bring out the savage in me Cecile takes on a fairly racist love song from the 1930s you bring out the savage in me was sung in the British film *Oh Daddy*, which featured American actress Frances Day singing while surrounded by backup dancers with afro wigs and grass skirts. But it was the version of *Savage* sung by the African American trumpeter, band leader, and singer, Valida Snow that inspired Cecile to record her version.
1: Just like Tarzan, you'll be my ape, man. I'm getting so ferocious and you can't escape, man. You'll find out how wild I can be For you
4: bring the savage in me
0: Savant fully embraced the song and put every bit of emotion she has into her performance. So here is Cecile McLaurin Savant with You Bring Out the Savage in Me.
1: It boils with the tropic heat And the rhythm of my heart Has a tom-tom beat You bring out The savage in me Primitive love cries Move my ears With the pressure of a hundred million years You How was I not to know what was creeping within me. Just like Tarzan, be my ape. Man, I'm getting so ferocious and I can't escape, man. You'll find out how wild that can be for you. The pressure of a hundred million years You bring out the savage in me Call it madness or sin How was I not to know What was creeping within me Just like Tarzan, be my ape Man, I'm getting so ferocious and I can't escape You'll find Find out how- I was. The tom-tom beat, you bring out the savage in me. Primitive love cries move my ears with the pressure of a hundred million years. man i'm getting so ferocious that i can't escape man you'll find out how wild i can be before you bring the
3: savage in me
2: this is the excellent reception
1: podcast
0: Seemingly out of nowhere came a project that seamlessly melds together cosmic jazz with elements of hip-hop and R&B production. This album is Interstellar Universe by L.A.-based trumpeter, composer, and producer Joseph Lienberg. This album brings together some of today's most progressive musical artists like Kamashi Washington, Bilal, Georgia Ann Muldrow Miguel Atwood Ferguson and even Corrupt from the Dog Pound Yosef is no stranger to the music world His career goes all the way back to the 90s where he rhymed and played the horn for West Coast rap group Madcap Throughout the years he could be found producing and playing with a wide range of artists King T, Robin Thicke, Dr. Dre, Funkadelic and Erica Badu. Most recently, he worked with Terrence Martin under the name Love Dragon to produce a few standout tracks on Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly album. Each track on Interstellar Universe ventures through the same spiritual corners of the musical universe that the greats like Sun Ra and Farrell Sanders explored in their prime. On the lush and beautiful song, The Awakening, he intertwines layers of horns and choir vocals to conjure up a mystical soundscape over top of classic hip-hop drum machine programming. So listen now to Joseph Lienberg and The Awakening. Thank you once again for tuning in to Excellent Reception. If you love what we're doing here, please spread the word to other music lovers you know. And make sure you check us out at excellentreception.com. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to the podcast so you can be the first to hear new episodes. In addition, you can listen to my broadcast radio show, Eavesdrop Radio, in Philadelphia every Friday from 6 to 9 p.m. on WKDU. 91.7 FM or streaming live online worldwide at wkdu.org So until next time this is your host Little Dave signing off for Excellent Reception where we're coming in loud and clear with the sounds you need to hear
1: Excellent Reception!